Hello and welcome to How I Earned Five Figures in One Month as a Self-Published Author. My name is Paul Teague and this is a special standalone episode in which I'm going to outline the precise steps that I took to generate my first five-figure income in one month. Now I'm recording this episode on Wednesday the 1st of April. It's not an April Fool, I promise. Uh, the year is 2020. The numbers that I'll be referring to are taken from my March 2020 Amazon Earnings Dashboard. Now, there is a blog to accompany this podcast episode, and you can find it at paulteague.com forward slash March 20. I'll be working through that blog post in this update episode, so this recording should be regarded as a director's commentary on that web page. It's probably a good idea to read along with it. So let's start with the headlines then. In March 2020, I managed to generate over 1.8 million page reads over a period of 31 days. I have never achieved anything like that in my entire author career. Also, I got a number 15 top chart position in all paid books in Amazon UK during March, and I was rubbing shoulders with Lee Child, JK Rowling, David Baldacci, David Williams, and many other household names. I achieved that through making more than 15,000 individual sales of my box set, and I generated more than 10,000 pounds of income in the month of March 2020. Now, all of those figures are crazy to me. And I think probably it's fair to say that the most I've ever generated at the time of recording this in one month was probably about £5,000 or thereabouts of income. And I did that by promoting one of my thrillers, which was part of a box set, using a BookBub featured deal. The trilogy was my Don't Tell Meg psychological thriller trilogy, psychological thriller trilogy, and it did about £5,000 the first two times I did it. The first time I did it, it was uh, Amazon exclusive, and you give the first book away for free, and you make your money on books two and three of the series, and then the second time round, that book was listed wide, and I made pretty well the same amount of income on Amazon and Apple Books as well, uh, as well as uh, bits on Google and Barnes and & Noble and Kobo. So both times, though, it took a BookBub featured deal to get anywhere near £5,000 of gross income in a particular month. So that was my record to date. So hearing those numbers, 1.8 million page reads, 15,000 individual sales, and over £10,000 of income, I've pretty well doubled the highest or best result that I've ever had. And in this special podcast episode, I'm going to go through all the steps I took to achieve that so that we leave no stone unturned in terms of you understanding uh, what I did. Now, the first thing I've, I've got to tell you is that this isn't going to apply unless you've got a lot of books. So if you've only got one book so far, although the principles, all the marketing principles here apply, and you should still listen to this episode, even if you've only got one book or you haven't written your first book yet, because this is really a podcast episode about marketing principles. And so although clearly you couldn't do a promotion that is exactly like the one I've done, you could do a promotion that follows the same marketing principles there. So there's still plenty to learn, even if you've only got one book or haven't even written your first book yet. So let's give you a little bit of background to this whole episode. If you listen to my podcast regularly, you'll know that I have been doing these diaries, recording these diaries since 2014. And you'll also know, if you followed me along that entire journey, that I share all my indie author experiences 
and I do, I hope, share the good, the bad, and the ugly. The reason that I set up the podcast was because I was hearing lots of authors talking about amazing success, <laughs> five-figure months, dare I say it, uh, five-figure months, uh, six-figure years, and of course a six-figure year is created by having ten five-figure months. Um, so that's the first of ten, hopefully, that I've just generated. Whether we'll be able to sustain that long enough to make a six-figure year, who knows? I'm certainly going to have a, a try at it, and I will outline all of that on my podcast diary. So on my podcast, people who've listened since the beginning will have heard me struggling, making my first kind of $10, $10 in a month, and then maybe $50. And then bit by bit, as I wrote more books and, and learned more about this industry, we had a $100 month and a £100 month. And then it was a really big event for me when I got my first $1,000 month and a £1,000 month. I'm in the UK, by the way, so I tend to count in pounds. But living in the UK, dollars are slightly more sympathetic. So I, I often set targets in dollars first and pounds next if I can. So we, we got to that kind of thousand pound mark. And then as I've explained in the introduction, I had about 5,000 pounds. I've managed to achieve that in two months of my author career. And uh, that's not, I mean, I think the first time I did it was maybe almost two years ago now. And then again, probably managed to do it about 18 months ago. So it's been a while since I've had a 5,000 pound month, even though I, I, I do have pretty steady months these days, not at that level all the time. So it's taken me a long time to get to that stage. The other thing I need to tell you is that I've, I've written and published 23 books. Now, I've actually done more than that, but some of them are, are out of print. And I just really count the books that are for sale now when I give you my numbers. So that 23 books is made up of, of 13 psychological thrillers. And those psychological thrillers are made up of two trilogies and seven standalone books. I've written seven sci-fi stories. Those seven books are made up of two trilogies and one standalone book and then I've also got three non-fiction books and those are the books that are for sale right now at the time of recording this so it does tend to ebb and flow depending on you know what's been published what's been unpublished whatever's going on at the time now what I can tell you is from those early struggling days when I, I just really couldn't figure out how to sell books on a regular basis what has moved the needle for me, what's changed things is writing more books. As I've written more books, the easier it's become for me to make money from my books. And I think that reflects the basic philosophy of probably one of the best and most useful destinations in terms of author education, which is on the web. And that is the 20 Books of 50k Facebook group, which is a great source of learning and sharing. Now, in September of 2019, I very publicly committed on my podcast to trying out um, rapid release. I'd got a, an author friend called Adam Nichols who had inspired me by making $100,000 over, I think it was a course of about four or five months. And Adam is somebody whose career I followed. He's always been slightly ahead of me. I followed him from my very early days. He writes uh, psych psychological thrillers as well, same as me, same sort of books as me. And uh, so he'd done what I wanted to do, which was to have that $100,000 year. So I interviewed him for the podcast. You can find that if you have a look at Self-Publishing Journeys and do a search for Adam Nichols. I've interviewed Adam twice now, by the way. And I, I burrowed deep down into how he'd managed to achieve that. I took all the learning points from it and very, very publicly in 2019, over a course of, of more than 10 weeks, I shared all, every single step 
as I tried to replicate what Adam had done using the rapid release strategy. Well, it failed. I say it failed miserably. Miserably is probably too tough a word to use. It didn't fail miserably. I made some money from it. I made some sales, but I got nowhere near, absolutely nowhere near Adam's six figures. I had nowhere near that success. And to be honest with you, it was a bit of an embarrassment because, you know, you set yourself up on a podcast and you, you share all this stuff and it's great if it works. But many, many times on my podcast, I've done things that frankly just haven't worked or they've been very disappointing. No, I'm fine with that. I, I've been at this long enough to know that you you dust yourself down if you fail at something and you throw yourself back in the ring and try something else. And so I, I was happy to do that. Interestingly, since I did that rapid release, I've heard from, from a couple of authors, and, and most notably so on the Six Figure Authors podcast, that a lot of people are saying, I, I don't really think that rapid release works. I think it, my view of it is, is it works probably if you've already got you know, hundreds, thousands of hungry readers who are just waiting for your next book. But that isn't my experience as an author. I don't have that, you know, that team of millions of fans out there just waiting for my next book. I think when I release a book, the the world barely notices. That's my experience. And it still is even with these results. So really, I'm talking to you if that's where you are as an author, that it feels like you're having to work hard to get the sales all the time, that you don't have that sense that every book you release people are just ready to just gobble it up I just don't have that experience so everything feels like it's hard work and and marketing and strategy for me so that didn't work rapid release did not work for me and I'm hearing more people talk about that now I I listened to another indie author called John Cronshaw and I classed John as an indie author friend Uh, I met John several years ago when he attended uh, one of my self-publishing training sessions in the county where I live. And to be honest with you, I, I instantly earmarked John as being well ahead of the game. He, he, he knew about email marketing, all the marketing things you had to do. And, you know, I would say that, um, you know, John's doing probably better than I am a lot of the time these days. So, um, we're, you know, we're certainly doing about as well as each other, that's for sure, uh, in terms of our, our book sales. And, and John's written many, many books. I think he's probably written more books than I have now. So it's been very interesting to, if you want, grow up alongside John as we've both kind of gone our, our separate directions. And I would say we're probably about the same place as authors. So my ears pricked up. I listened to John's author diary that he records every week. And John had started to talk about his box set. He'd, he'd, he'd written, I think it was it was 12 or 14 standalone stories. And these were, were fantasy stories. And, and that's, that's incidental, it's not my genre. But he was talking about these this box set. And I, and I know that he'd not made brilliant sales with the individual books. So he'd made sales, but like the rest of us, nothing to write home about. Just steady, reason, reasonable sales. And he started talking about this box set, which was doing really well for him and, and was allowing him to generate more sales than he had ever generated before. So my ears pricked up at that. And I, I'm always receptive to best practice, people who are doing things that will help me to, to replicate that and experience the same success. So I'd heard John mention this a few times. I thought, I'm going to have to give this a try because I've got a lot of books. That's one, one thing I can say. I've got 13 thrillers. And I got seven sci-fi books. So I contacted John directly and just, um, you know, prodded a little bit and asked what he was doing and what his numbers were and if he had any tips and how it was working. And I thought, right, I'm going to give this a try because the problem was 
that um, although I, I was, you know, I was earning, earning more than I had in the early days. And to be honest with you, I, I was generating for the last couple of years, I've earned much more than the traditional uh, traditional authors. So I think p- people vary with these numbers. I've heard Michael Andale say something like £5,000 or dollars is the number. But the number I'm using is £10,000. Because I can't even remember. I think I got that from a UK newspaper or something like that. So when I say I earn uh, much more, I am earning much more and have done for the last two to three years than a traditional author, £10,000 is my my marker. That's the, the sum that I'm talking about. So, you know, not brilliant, but I'm not wasting my time. And I've had some very good months in there as well, what with, with what were those book bubs. But still no sense of a breakthrough, still no sense that if I just sat back for a couple of months, all that all that income would still come in. I have to work at it all the time to achieve those numbers. So when I heard John talking about this technique that was working for him, that was music to my ears. And it was further music to my ears when I heard how easy it was for me to achieve what with all the books that I've got. Now, John was happy to share his figures with me. And he's been doing this since October of 2019. So in his first month, he generated 0.5k. It was 2.1k in November, 3.1k in December. It was 3.6k in January, 3.5k in February and 3.6k in March. Now, those are sweet numbers. That is a a salary income, as far as I'm concerned. If you're earning and generating that much in your business, in your author business, I'm sure that that's uh, a lot more salary than a lot of people have earned in corporate jobs. So if you're able to generate that amount of income from your books every month, you have effectively replaced your salary. And at that level, it's a pretty reasonable salary too, I would say. Uh, I think most people would be happy if they could confidently generate 3000 pounds or three thousand dollars every month so those are pretty compelling figures and looking at that I was thinking right I fancy a little bit of that action so I did what John did now just to give credit where credit is due John also told me that he learned this technique from the author Brandon Ellis so the great thing about being an indie author is we're all quite happy to share the tips of the information the world is big enough for all of us. So in the way that John learned that from Brandon Ellis, I learned it from John. And here I am passing on my experience to you right now. So um, I decided to give it a try with my thrillers. And of course, one of the advantages of having done a rapid release last year is I got another five thrillers written. Um, and that includes another trilogy. So I decided to package. I've got 13 thrillers and I actually packaged 12 of them together. So why 12 and not 13? Well, I decided to put two trilogies in there. The two trilogies have been very well received. And then I've got six standalones. And then I have another standalone. Now, at the time, I'm just trying to think that I sometimes get the time frames mixed up a little bit. But the book that I didn't include in there is called Now You See Her. And until very recently, that book um, was co-author. I co-authored it last year as part of my rapid release strategy with Adam Nichols. So I teamed up with Adam to write that book. Um, now I'd actually written the book and it was a collaboration in name only if you want. So it had Adam's name on the cover. So at the time I created the box set and got the graphics done, I couldn't put that book into the, the box set because it, I didn't have the full rights on it. Now since 
I did that box set and start, have started selling it. I actually have got the rights back from Adam for Now You See Her. But I still want to exclude it for the main box set because one of my targets for this year, Now You See Her, was always going to be the first part of a trilogy. And I intend to write parts two and three of the trilogy this year by the end of 2020. So as part of the launch strategy for that, at some point, I might I might take the Now You See Her copy with just my name on it. I might take it off sale. I might unpublish it for a while. I might even potentially give it a new title and a whole new brand on the cover so that when I've got the trilogy ready, the new trilogy, I can launch it as a brand new product. Now, I've got to think about that, but I, I want to keep my powder dry. I want to keep that up my sleeve in case I do decide to do that. So it makes no sense for me at this moment in time to have Now You See Her in that box set. So I settled for 12 in the box set. So that's my six standalones. It's my Don't Tell Meg trilogy and my Morecambe Bay trilogy. And what I did with that box set is uh, Don't Tell Meg is probably my most popular trilogy. And it, it's had that's the one I've put through the book bubs and it's got um, several hundred reviews on it now. So I felt that was safe. I know, I know not everybody likes that book, but it feels like a safe book. So in terms of assembling that box set, I put Don't Tell Meg first, then Morecambe Bay Trilogy, and those are my strongest books. And then I ordered the the standalones in in terms of the, the feedback that I've received from, from them. So I, I front-weighted that box set with my best-received work because I figured that I think it makes, it's over well over 2,000 pages, uh, the box set, when, when it's finished. And so I figured that not everybody will get through it, but I might as well top-load it with my best content or best reviewed content because if somebody reviews it on that basis or maybe just partly reading it I, I don't I, I wouldn't I'm not going to put my worst book first because that's the one they're going to review I want to give myself the best chance of getting good reviews as possible and I used my previous sales data to do that now since I've done that I have thought, well, the, my Morecambe Bay trilogy, again, which was really in its early days when I put that box set together, my Morecambe Bay trilogy does extremely well and, and sort of hasn't divided the audience in the way that Don't Tell Meg has. And Don't Tell Meg, um, you know, has, has got, I think, an average of four star reviews. It's, it's OK and it's got a lot of reviews on it, but possibly... Morecambe Bay trilogy has sold fewer copies, but is, is stronger reviewed. So there might come a point in which time at which time I, I flip that and put Morecambe Bay trilogy first um, but my strategy was you know I want you to get to know me as an author so by the time you're getting to the books that are had less uh, fewer sales and are less less well reviewed by less well reviewed most I think all my books are at least about 3.7 and above so we've got we haven't got any duds in there um, you know but they would know you and like you and trust you as a writer by that stage, I think. So they would possibly be more forgiving and more eager to read those books. So that that's how I ordered the book. Now, I put the big, I can't remember the date that I listed the book, but it was in February, uh, around the beginning of February. And I didn't mention this at all on my podcast. I've just been running this very quietly in the background because I just really wanted to to see how it worked. I wasn't sure whether I was going to share it as a project. But when I had the success that I've had in March, I thought well, I, I got to share that really, in, you know, in the interest of just information sharing, really, uh, in the hope that it might help somebody do the same. So my figures for February 2020 is I, I got direct income from that box set. My income was £2,248 and I sold 4,581 copies and my page reads were 3,100 
no, 317,000, sorry, they're big numbers here. So forgive me, 317,788 page reads. Now that's a pretty good start. And if you compare it with John's numbers, they were in between his month two and his month three. So John got um, about 500 pounds or, or, or dollars. I'm not sure whether John's given me those numbers in pounds or dollars, but 0.5K, um, you know, the, whether it's pounds or dollars, I think it's still you know it still it still works you can get a rough idea of where we are with this um so he did uh, 500 pounds dollars 0.5k in october 2.1k in november so i what did i do 2.2k so I, I matched john's month two and i sent those figures over to john and explained to him what i'd done and how i'd done it and, and he seemed to think that was a pretty good start um so that was good so i, I wanted a little bit more from that of course so i've been running some facebook ads and Unfortunately, again, if you listen to my podcast, you'll know that in the past, I've had a bit of a mixed relationship with Facebook in that um, when my Don't Tell Meg trilogy was out, I was really doing quite well in a, in a smaller way with my Facebook ads and Facebook banned my account. Now, I appealed and I know the rules of Facebook. I've been using Facebook for years. I, I made a Facebook software many years ago uh, before it was even a, a hugely popular social media outlet. Um, so, so I know Facebook pretty well. I do know the rules and regs, and I'm pretty sure I wasn't breaking any of them. But they just decided that, uh, they got a bit in their bonnet about my ads. They blocked my account, and I was blocked for ages. I didn't use Facebook for ages. And then I did some reading round, and other people had had this happen. I learned actually how you could legitimately start a new Facebook ads account. And so I had actually started advertising on Facebook once again. So I started trying some adverts, and this is when I started to ramp up the numbers. Now. I've got to a stage this month where I'm putting so much ad spend on my credit cards, it makes me wince. I mean, I don't usually use credit cards. If I do, I, I maybe just use it for convenience or for the insurance that you get with a credit card. And then I will pay it off at the end of the month. I don't like running balances on credit cards. But because I'm spending so much on ad, on adverts, um, over £6,000 this month, that has to go on a credit card. Now, I would never spend like that unless I knew the money was coming back. And I'll talk to you about that a little bit later, about watching the adverts to make sure that you're not spending, you know, you're not losing money on your adverts. That's really, really important if you're sticking it on a credit card. Uh, you know, and if you don't have that cash available. So the numbers for March 2020 from one box set, so I've excluded any other sales from this report. So I'm not sharing that information. I'm literally just sharing the 12 pack box set. This is this is what these numbers are for. I got 1 million, I have to watch these numbers, 1,852,339 page reads over March. That was made up of 15,098 book sales. And my gross income, this is before the cost of the ads were deducted, was £10,188.57. Uh, so £10,188.57. I'm not used to having as many commas and, and points in numbers, which is a, a nice problem to have, isn't it? And my highest chart position, and this is in the entire Amazon UK paid chart. I've never been in that chart before. My highest position that I could get was number 15. And incidentally, I was also... I've been um, in the UK, I've been number one in my categories most of the month, not all of the month, but most of the month. Sometimes I drop to two and then I go back up to one again. And in the States, I've been, uh, I haven't, not consistently number one, but often number one in my categories. I think in two of the categories I've been number one, but one of them I, I can't quite get to number one in. I think I've been top 10 or something like that. So very, very high in the charts, in the paid charts. Now, again, 
in my previous experience, I think I have been in the paid charts. I have had that bestseller tag. Actually, yes, I have had the bestseller tag. I got it when I worked with um, Adam Nichols with uh, Now You See Her. So I have had a bestseller tag for sold books, but I've never done it on my own. And I definitely have never been in the top of the entire Amazon UK chart. Still can't do it in the USA chart. I think I've been about 300 in the total USA charts. But uh, that's great for me because the UK is my home country and number 15 feels an amazing place to be, particularly as it's the paid chart, not the free chart. I got a little bit fed up of being in the free charts. I know that when you're starting your author career, you'll, you'll settle for any chart. But I, I felt like I got stuck. I knew how to get to number one in the free charts, but I was struggling to get to number one in the paid charts. And I do feel like I've really cracked that with this promotion now. And I've done it on my own without having to co-author with anybody. Now, let me give you a further breakdown on those numbers, because I have been using the lowest earnings numbers that I can and the highest ads numbers that I can. So I've been completely unforgiving with myself with my ad spend, and I've been completely unforgiving with myself with earnings. Now, let me explain that. When you go to the royalties estimator in Amazon, it will give you numbers based on the page reads that they um if, if you don't understand how this works um i listed my book in um sort of kdp select which means that people can borrow the book if they're a member of kindle unlimited or they can buy the book so i get paid for purchases and page reads it's like being paid to borrow from a library but it's an amazon exclusive library and obviously your income depends on how much amazon decides each month to pay out per page read. It's just a fraction of a penny usually. So I don't know what that amount is at the moment. So what Amazon does is it gives you projections based on a decrease from last month's rate. They give you a projection based on th the same n numbers as last month's rate. And they give you some estimates based on an increase. So you get three numbers. But I've used the lowest number because I, I, I always use the lowest number in my accounting because I always earn more than that, or I pretty well always earn more than that when I get paid by Amazon. So let me give you those numbers in pounds, in dollars and euros, because I know we've got people listening all over the world and these numbers will make more sense to you. So in pounds, the decrease rate is what I've used for calculations on this article, this post, £10,188.57. Uh, if it stays the same as last month, it's £10,503.00. £10,503.90. Sorry, I'll get these numbers right eventually. And the increase is £10,819.23. Moving to dollars, the decreased amount is $12,689.72. If it stays the same, it's $13,082.46. And it's uh, $13,475.20. In euros, it's 11,395.37 euros if it decreases. If it, if it stays the same, it's 10,748.05 euros. And if it increases, it's 12,100.73 euros. So pretty well, wherever you're listening to this in the world, that should give you a sensation of, of how we're doing here. And I have to say to you that my 
aim throughout all of this was I really wanted to hit £10,000. And people who listen to the podcast will know that I'm really quite tough with myself on this. I, I try not to cheat the numbers. I wanted to, because I, obviously I passed at the increased amount, 10,000, earlier than I did the, the, the decreased amount. I wanted to get 10,000 pound completely clear and safely. So I wanted the lowest amount that Amazon could possibly send me to be at least 10,000 pounds. And as you can see from the numbers there, the decreased amount is £10,188, so I've, I've more than cleared the £10,000 barrier. Now, I won't know how much I am going to earn in reality, basically, until those checks arrive, because you've got US dollar, you've got all these rate exchanges and all sorts of things. But, you know, with shifting sands, this is the closest I can give you to the real numbers. Incidentally, for the sake of transparency, you know, I want you to see that I'm just not making these numbers up. I've done you screenshots of all those numbers on the blog post. So if you go to paulteague.com forward slash March 20, you'll be able to see screenshots of all those numbers to authenticate the numbers. And you can see the numbers I've used in the blog post and in this recorded podcast episode. So let's talk about my five figure formula. What did I actually do to get those figures? So step one was I assembled 12 of my existing books. I ordered them by popularity and by positive reader response. I front loaded them with my strongest material. I then got a box set graphic made on Fiverr.com, but I also got some different permutations. So I used a couple of different covers at the front. And also, by the way, I, I ordered some some um, sort of spares as well. So I, I was aware that I'm, I would be trying for BookBub promos throughout this season or this, this campaign. So I wanted to promote the Walk and Bay trilogy on BookBub, and I wanted to promote the Don't Tell Meg trilogy on BookBub too. Now, clearly, if I promote on BookBub, I need my books two and three in series to be priced fully. I don't want everybody to discover that the book one's for free and you can then get 12 books for 99 cents because I ain't going to make my money back on that. I'm not going to make profit on that. So what I did when I was getting my covers made on Fiverr, I got different permutations made. And one of those permutations took the Don't Tell Meg trilogy out of the box set. And I think it added Now You See Her, because I did these later, by the way. And um, so that meant that I could price the Don't Tell Meg trilogy high for a BookBub promo. And I could still run, albeit a slightly stripped down version of my box set. I also got a version of the graphics done with the Walk Bay trilogy taken out of it too. So Don't Tell Meg in there and Now You See Her, which gave me 10 books. And that was my other backup plan. I, because basically, as this is working with the box sets, I don't want to lose that income. But also, if I get a BookBub 2, I'm going to get even more income if I if I have both things running. So I didn't want to cut off my nose to spite my face. So I also got some backup graphics made as well so that I could cope with any permutation of marketing that came along. So the next step was... Uh, having got those graphics, that I listed the book on Amazon. It was Amazon exclusive, so I had to, I couldn't do this until my books were delisted from from wide, you know, on uh, Google, on Apple, on Barnes and Noble. So they couldn't be listed wide. They were Amazon exclusive, so all my books were were out of wide listing, which enabled me to do this. I priced it at 0.99 in every territory, and I made the book available to Kindle um, Unlimited readers because that way I get paid for sales and I get paid for page reads. I get paid twice, basically. I then set up adverts on Amazon, Facebook, and BookBub. Uh, the Facebook ads easily won. I've stopped doing the Amazon and the BookBub ads now because I burned too much money off on those. And I did that in, in month one, by the way, in February. By the time we got to March, I was just running the Facebook ads because the Facebook ads just instantly worked brilliantly for me. So 
that's what I did. It was, if, to coin a phrase, it was the low hanging fruit. But that is all I did. Now I'm gonna dig into that, I'm gonna burrow into that because there's all sorts of if, buts and maybes within that. But that was the, that's the five figure formula. It's get a box set, get a graphic made, list it on Amazon, Amazon exclusive, 99 pence or cents, and then send some ads to it, send some web traffic to it. And clearly there's much more to it than that in terms of marketing. So let me burrow into that now. And again, I'm, in case you just sort of tuned in and you missed it at the beginning, what I'm doing is I'm really talking you through my blog post where I've got screenshots and all sorts of illustrations to this. This is like the director's commentary on that blog post. So you need to be reading along at paulteague.com forward slash March 20 to get the best out of this audio. So on that blog post, I'm now on the section, how to generate five figure book sales in one month. So I've listed 10 points strategies that I'm gonna burrow into now to explain how I did it. So number one is you've got to write many books for this particular strategy to work. And I have written 13 thrillers now. So you've got to have something to put into a box set. Now, interestingly, I did start to, I also bundled up my sci-fi books. I've got seven, I've actually got, um, I've got actually I've got 10 sci-fi books. I might have given you the wrong numbers at the beginning of this presentation. And I've got um, another three. See, you, you write so many books, you forget how many you've written. I have actually got 10 sci-fi books. Um, but for the sake of this presentation, I haven't. I've got seven. These are co-authored sci-fi books. So I don't have the right to bundle those three books up in a box set. So the seven sci-fi books that I've written on my own, I also have bundled up into a box set. And I started to promote those but it, um, it wasn't making money as quickly and as easily as the thrillers did. So I decided to park it for a while until I could concentrate and do some more research around audiences. Uh, but it has, has made some money, but not nowhere near as much as this one. Um, and I decided to just focus on the psychological thrillers. I'd probably come back to the, now I know I've got money banked from this promotion. I will put some of that to experimenting with the sci-fi book as well to try and get that going. Um, I suspect though, just from early sales data, it won't do as well as the psychological thrillers. So I would have to say to you, write many books, but write them in a hot niche. Now, um, what I will also tell you, and you should check out John Cronshaw and listen to his diary too, where he talks about this, because um, John writes, probably it's fair to say, as I do in sci-fi dystopian, he writes in a, a fantasy niche, which I think it's fair to say is less hot than psychological thrillers but listen to the income that John has generated. So I would be very happy. I'm very happy to accept that sci-fi is a less hot uh, category, but if I could generate for my sci-fi what John is generating for his fantasy books, I'm gonna be more than happy with that, believe me. So I am gonna come back to that in April and start to focus on trying to get the sci-fi box set working too. So you've got to write many books for this particular strategy to work. Now, some people would say, well, you know, aren't you giving away the shirt off your back by bundling those books as a box set? And I would answer yes and no to that. So let me tell you that I have continued to sell my other books, uh, probably at the same rate, it's fair to say, as, as I would have done normally without promotion. So with them just ticking over, without a book bub going, without any adverts going to those books, um, I've earned the same amount from those books as I probably would normally. So remember, the income I've given you is only for the box set. I have excluded my normal book income from this month's income report. So um, I don't generally share 
all of the information, but in this case, I can strip out this box set. I'm happy to strip it out and tell you what the income is on the box set. So there is more income that I've earned this month, but it's not all for the box set, of course. So I'm not unhappy with the income that I've got from those books anyway. Now, the other strategy I did, now, I, I unfortunately, Amazon, Amazon, I wasn't going to link the box set to my Amazon author profile. I wanted it to just be hovering in the ether and not connected with my books because I, I didn't, what I didn't want somebody to do is go to my Amazon author page, look at the books there, maybe to go and read book two in the series and then find out they can get 12 books for 99 pence or cents because that felt like it was cutting off my nose to spite my face. Now, unfortunately, Amazon, however it does it, has kind of found that box set and it's moved it into my author profile anyway. Now, I that wasn't by choice or by design. My strategy was not to do as I would normally do, which is to go to my Amazon author page and claim my books. I didn't claim that book. Amazon seems to have done it for me. And I would rather it wasn't on my author page because I'm very happy to be sending promotional traffic from Facebook to a particular page on Amazon, which has a particular product on it. But when it is listed on my Amazon author page, and to be honest with you, how many people go to your Amazon author page? Most people will will find a book or click a link in the back of a Kindle or something like that, and they'll come to your book in a different way. So what I'm saying to you is, is that I, you know, try not to get it on your Amazon author page if you could avoid it. Um, you know, for the few people who come to your author page and then see that there's a really cheap version of book, a book that they maybe were going to pay two pound ninety nine for. Um, but I can tell you that I probably will have the same book income on the other books as I would have done anyway. So that confirms to me that people are reaching my books sort of directly, not via my author page. So I, I'm not shooting myself in the foot with that. So point two here is drop the price, but think of profit. This kind of relates to what I was saying. Are you shooting yourself in the foot? Well, Paul, that's 12 books for 99 pence or cents. Yes, it is. But I've never earned more than 10,000 pounds in a month on a single book. And, and I, I remember I did a talk for the Society of Authors and I, I did this talk for the Society of Authors in the month that I'd earned that £5,000. It was the first time I'd had a BookBub promo and I was doing a talk to the Society of Authors in Manchester and I was explaining to them how I'd made £5,000 from a free book which is effectively what I'd done. I'd given the first book in a series away for free and because I write books, thank goodness that people want to keep reading, they write, I read write trilogies that people want to read through. I had good read through on that trilogy. So they went on to buy books two and three. And that's where I made my money. I made £5,000 worth of sales on books two and three and on the box set. So in that scenario, I was giving away a book for free, or that's how it appeared. But actually, I wasn't because I was making 5,000 quid. And that was the most I'd ever earned that month. And there were a couple of sort of artists, more traditional artists in the audience who really had a problem with me giving a book away for free. Uh, saying and literally this is a quote from that from, you know from that event I don't give my art away for free well my view is that sometimes as an unknown author uh, artist you know if that's what you want to call yourself as an author so don't know an author um, it works giving my work away for free is what's allowed me to make sales and to make this business profitable for the last three years and it's allowed me to earn more than a traditional author for the last three years and I am building a business here and I understand that it grows over time. So my view is that, you know, yes, uh, 99 pence or cents is a, a low price for a lot of work. But, you know, I've done the work anyway. And if I just said, oh, I'm giving up with writing, I'm just going to leave my books there. The work that I did over the last four years 
would generate a small income for me. If it just sat there, it would generate a small income for me and I wouldn't do any more work. But I call this sweating the assets. I'm sweating assets that I've already made. I've, I've done the work, uh, that work's done. It's not, when you go to McDonald's and you work a day, you do eight hours work, and then when you come back, you've got to go do another eight hours and, and repeat it all over again to earn the money. When you write a book, you write a book, you do the work, and then you can it becomes an asset and you can sweat that asset in many different ways for years and years. And that's all I was doing. I was taking existing assets. They're all sitting there. They're all making money in their own way. I turned it into a new asset. I marketed it effectively and I made a lot of money from it. More money than I normally would in a month or with, um, without doing a, you know, a book bub ad. So to make the offer work, it's got to be a no-brainer price. And I know from the reactions I'm getting on the Facebook promo that I'm doing, that people are looking at that. The covers are great, um, working really well. And they're saying, wow, you know, that's that's a great offer if you like psychological thrillers. Now, some people have even asked, is it a scam? Because the price is so low. And it did make me think, you know, maybe I should put it up to 199 To be honest with you, that the formula's working at the moment. I might, I might, I might try a separate ad, maybe shuffling the books another way round and see if I can sell them shuffled slightly at 199 targeting the same audience or maybe a different audience you know that that would be a test that I could try to see if 199 is also a no-brainer but at 0.99 it's an absolute no-brainer and and I need that on Facebook because you know virtually I can see from my numbers I'm pretty well well I'm getting over um you know over 50 percent of people who are clicking are, are buying the book um which, which is which is just fabulous so it is a no-brainer price now when i advertise on facebook i my first aim is number one to make my money back on my ad spend so i spend a hundred pounds i get a hundred pounds back and the consolation i get from that as a writer is that number one i didn't lose any money Number two, I got my books into the hands of new readers. And number three, those readers might like that book and go on to buy other books. So my profit is intangible, but hopefully it's there at some point. I only need one of those readers to go on and, and buy another book. And that then becomes profit rather than break even. So I never want to run ads and make a loss. You've got to be in a very strong, privileged business position to do that. You've got to be a Coca-Cola or a Nike to be able to spend ads and say, well, you know, whatever, it's just visibility, okay? I don't pay for ads for visibility, I pay for ads for results. So my bottom line is my ads have to at least break even, at least. Then I'm looking for profit. And if I'm making 5% profit, 10% profit, 15% profit, I'm making profit, that's great. Now, before I recorded this, I looked up what an average profit is in a business. You know, what would a business expect to make, make in profit? It's pretty low, it's less than 20%. Um, and, and many businesses make much less than that. So I want to make a profit and, and, I, and I need that profit to be, you know, pretty reliable in terms of the numbers. I don't want to risk making a loss. Now, the thing about this particular promotion is, is that when I make a sale of a book, it covers my advertising expenses. But because this book is in Kindle Unlimited, a lot of people are stacking that book up on their, their Kindle. And then when they read it, I will potentially get two and a half thousand page reads worth of income. So this deal 
has an evergreen element to it. And I made over 15,000 sales. The 15,000 sales have paid more than paid for my ads and made me profit, but I'm still going to profit. If I just switch those ads off now and just left, left it for a month, I'm going to make income from all the page reads that I've now that I'm now going to get from people who work their way through that that book. And at the time of recording this, it's one million eight hundred thousand odd page reads that I've had. But if I just let the page reads carry on for another month, that would generate a sort of a, a tailwind of income. So in terms of my priorities, I want to break even, then I want to make profit, but then I want to see growing income as the people who have got the book on Amazon Unlimited, Kindle Unlimited, as they start to read and those page reads build and build and build and build. And that's a sort of tailwind income in that I don't see it up front. It builds over time. So if you look at my page reads in February, there were about 350,000. I, I had an extra, an additional 1,500,000 in this month. I, I don't know what will happen in April. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Because of course, the next trick to this is, can I repeat this month after month? How soon will these ads start to die down? How soon will the, uh, will I run out of audience? So I've got to work my way through all of these things next. So, uh, you know, I made, I, I hit those criteria. I made profit. I certainly broke even. I made profit. I made good profit, really good profit, way over 50%. And remember that in the numbers I've given you this month, I've been, I've been uh, cruel to myself in that I've given you the lowest amount of income I'm going to get, yet I have only included all my sort of failed uh, Facebook tests. So I, I ran a couple of campaigns that didn't work, but I've put those into the pricing next month in April. I will just be running the ads that work. So I won't have to go through the testing next month. So I, again, I haven't got a clue what's going to happen in April. We'll find out, won't we? So um, one more thing that I want to tell you um, about the adverts is that I have included an upsell. And I only did this a couple of uh, a week or so ago because I thought, how can I squeeze more money out of this deal? And so because I haven't put Now You See Her uh, in that box set and because I'm getting such lovely feedback, I mean, the book is reviewed. It's got about 15 reviews on and they're all, I think there's one four star and the rest of, of uh, five star, I think. I think that's correct. Uh, but when you look at it, it looks like five star, uh, five star reviews with 15 reviews on it. That, that's in the UK. I haven't looked at the US. Um, you know, so it's getting well reviewed is what I'm saying. It's not, it's not tanked in terms of reviews as well. So my view is, is that, you know, people are reading that book and I'm getting lovely comments on Facebook about it too. So they're reading through. So what I did is um, because I've now got the rights to now you see her back. Um, I, I'm assuming that when you've read 12 books, you're going to be ready for a bit more. And I, I've got another thriller, which is Now You See Her, which I now have the rights for. So what I've done is at the end of the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, I've done a promo with a cover, a picture in there with the Now You See Her cover saying, you know, there's one book that's not in this promo, buy it now. And that book is at full price. And then again, at the end of the Walk and Bay trilogy, did you know there's one more book, you know, that you haven't read yet? It's Now You See Her, giving people an opportunity to buy it. And then at the end of the uh, six standalones, right at the end of the book, want to read more books by Paul Teague? This book wasn't included in the trilogy. By now you see her. So I'm trying to drive proactively sales to a full price book to make, uh, again, a tailwind of sales. Because if I get those at full price, then that's extra profit on the original 99 pence sale that I made. So I'm looking at every way that I can squeeze 
these sales. And also, of course, I've got a link in that box set, in that huge box set. I'm encouraging people also, uh, I give them many opportunities to sign up for my um, author newsletter because each of my books, every single book, including every part of a trilogy, has author notes at the end of it. And at the in the author notes, I encourage people to sign up for my mailing list. So there are lots of sales opportunities packed within that book as well. I also wanted to say to you that I tried for a BookBub promo during this month. I was in two minds about it, to be honest with you. Um, the Don't Tell Meg trilogy usually gets accepted on a BookBub promo, and I haven't submitted that, only because it has a very good record of getting accepted, because I don't kind of want to spook I don't want to spook the money I'm making at the moment from this promo. But I did try the, the Walker Bay trilogy, which hasn't had a book bub yet, and it got knocked back, incidentally. So if it had got accepted, and I had to have a really good think about whether it was worth my while running it, and it probably would have been, in which case I would have switched off the advert on Facebook to the to the 12 pack. I would have put the price up to 9.99. And I would have created a new listing for, for the alternative 10 packs that I told you about earlier when I got the graphics done. And I would have tried to sell that to a same or similar audience to try and still get some box set sales. So you know, I'm really pushing the boat out here to try and generate income uh, from this strategy. And if, if I've missed anything, you can think of something that I've missed. Let me know, please, because this is the joy of being a self-published author. Our books are not carved out of marble. You know, we can, we can change them at any time. We can change the files. So I used vellum to create the box set and I'm going to say to you it took me no more than half an hour to pull in all my vellum files and to create this massive uh, you know 12 book box set and I love vellum and I want to recommend vellum to you that's you know 30 30 minutes work uh, for me to create to to generate more income than the traditional author does in a whole year that's effectively what I've done for 30 minutes work um, now of course you know you could burrow into that and say well it took you more time than that to do a book but all it did is I, I pulled together 12 assets I used vellum I had that banged out in no time and it was listed in Amazon so it didn't take me much effort to just to, to create that brand new that brand new asset so what I'm going to say to you is if you haven't heard of vellum or you don't have vellum stop messing around with cheap software stop messing around with word that would have taken me forever to do in anything else but vellum just get vellum and you know use it to compile your books because when you've got more books you could dynamically create you know all these these options so i was telling you a moment or two ago that if i'd have got a book bub i would have had to create a 10 pack box set and that would have taken me a few minutes in vellum and it wouldn't have been a hassle it wouldn't have taken all day to do that now in the old days when i started writing my books on google drive and on word it was a nightmare doing all of this vellum makes it easy so if i could tell you one thing if you haven't got vellum get vellum and if you have a pc and think you can't use vellum take a look at the blog post that i've linked to in in the, the blog post for this article which is at paulteague.com forward slash march 20 uh, click the link there um, and i will show you how to use vellum on your pc because that's how i do it tip number four is use fiverr for your box set graphic i've shared the uh, person that i use to get my graphics done in the blog post not an awful lot to say about that except that if you look at the blog post i hope you're you're sort of following along with this i've shown you the two main box set packs that i got and you'll see that i use a different cover on each 
And what was really interesting about that is that the the box sets with the Don't Tell Meg book on the front did way better than the ones with the, the smashed glass and the face on them. Now, we call that conversion, but there was absolutely no doubt after about a week that the, the images that were performing best were the ones with the Don't Tell Meg book cover on. And with that data, I went and changed my listing on Amazon because it had the it had the lower performing picture on at that time. I used that research data to change the image on Amazon, on my Amazon listing, because basically you want to have the image that converts best for you, that makes most sales. So I got that great data from Facebook. So thanks for that, Facebook. That was very, very handy to do. So yeah, have a look at the images. And the one with the Don't Tell Meg, that does, don't ask me why, I don't know why it does well, but that Don't Tell Meg uh, book cover has always done well. It works really well on BookBub and book promos too. The other thing is, of course, is that we're listing in Kindle Unlimited. And don't forget this two-part strategy. This is item number five in my list, by the way, is we create a book with many, many pages, about, it's nearly two and a half thousand pages in that in that box set, because we're gonna get a lot of reads. Okay, that's that's why this works, because we get loads and loads of reads. 1.8 million in a month, in 31 days in my case. But I, of course, if I only had 60 pages, I'm not going to get anywhere near that number of reads. So the other thing we need to do when we list on Kindle or Amazon is we need to create an ebook which presents incredible value to targeted readers. Okay, I would never list this wide. It wouldn't work wide, not with my experience of going wide. It would not work wide. You need to have the page reads in there, which means you've got to go Amazon exclusive. You need to have the page reads in there to get that extra kickback on your income. Now, you know, to me, I would be happy that the amount of money I've made this month, I would be happy with that if I just made it on sales. But remember, I've got this kickback, this tailwind of page reads coming as well. So I, I'm going to just keep generating extra income simply from people who've got that book, borrowed it, and are reading through it as well. So remember, when you're listing upfront, sales need to cover your ad costs and generate as much profit as possible, but you've also got that long tail profit from the page reads too. So it's got to be in Kindle Unlimited as far as I'm concerned. The other thing you've got to do to make this work is you've got to research your categories. You can't just stick it in any old category and hope for the best. So I've been at number one in certainly in all my UK categories and many of my US categories, and I've been floating in and out of those number one slots. Now, the advantage of, of what you're looking for with your categories is you're looking for hot categories that aren't too competitive. So my books are psychological thrillers. If I list my books in the psychological thriller categories, I don't stand much of a chance in there. You know, all the big people are in there and I'm just a small fry. And the chances of me getting into the top 10, the top 20 are fairly low. I think I have managed to do it with BookBub adverts and promos, uh, not adverts, with, with uh, featured deals. But I've never got to number one before and they're just too competitive for me. So I have researched the categories that have a lot of buyers, but which have lower competition, because I can win those categories. As a small fry author, I can win those categories. So how have I done that? How do you do this research? So I have I use and, and buy two products. I use Kalytics and I use Publisher Rocket as well. So uh, again, if you've been on the author circuit for any length of time, you'll know about these products. Uh, Kalytics gives me detailed, very, very detailed breakdowns 
of my genres. So I have the uh, psychological thrillers genre report. I also get the crime and thrillers reports. And they tell me, they, they help me to isolate the the categories which I can win and I also check I double check and, and, and research in publisher rocket which also gives me the same data but you're, you basically you, you don't want a category that's Billy no mates you know that virtually nobody goes to because although you might be number one in that category there's no buyers in there so you're not going to make very many sales so you need to have a reasonable number of buyers but you've got to balance that with being able to win that category you know as i said to you i can't win psychological thrillers not yet i'm working on it um, but i can win in my sort of categories vigilante justice which is one of my favorite uh, categories um, because I can I can win that one I can get to number one in that category so I'm listed in categories that I can win in Publisher Rocket and Kalytics will give you the information that you need and all the explanation you need to work out what those categories are for your books but you need to try and get to number one in the charts because when you start getting that bestseller tag Amazon's internal infrastructure will start to promote your book um, you know, you'll get that where they send emails out saying, have you read this? And this is recommended. Uh, you start to get picked up by the Amazon infrastructure, which means that Amazon then starts to promote your book and it doesn't cost you anything. And that's, again, something you want. This is in many respects, that's untrackable benefits from the adverts that you do. But, um, you know, you can't sort of track that. You can. I'll talk I'll talk about that later. But but I don't because I like to play by the rules. So I think probably the biggest learning section here is the Facebook ads. And in point seven of the blog post, I've really gone into great detail here. And I've split point seven into 10 Facebook learnings because you know this is really all about, well, it's about two things. It's about creating a hot listing in Amazon that converts browsers to buyers, but it's also about using Facebook ads to generate profits. So I've put my 10 learning points in the blog post here. And I'll just talk you through some of these. now. I have been banned by Facebook in the past. And I let me tell you, I've been extremely nervous and cautious of running ads recently on Facebook ever since I came back to Facebook, because I know that at any time they can clamp me. And let, let me tell you, in March, Facebook clamped me twice. They blocked my account twice. And I thought, oh, that's it, game over. Um, they've, I, what, I don't know why they keep blocking me. They won't tell me why they blocked me. But I thought it was game over. But the first time, I mean, I appealed both times as I did when I was blocked permanently. I appealed. The first one seemed to be something to do with, I think it tried to take the payment off a wrong, the wrong credit card or the credit card hadn't got, I, I put the wrong card on, I think. And there, I don't think it even was a credit card. I think it was my Revolut card, something like that. So, it, you know, it, it hadn't taken the payment. And so it blocked the account. Um, they unfroze the account. I made the payment and we were back where we were. And then I don't know what the other one was. It was only a couple of days ago. Um, I think it was because, and I've already mentioned this in this episode, I think it was because somebody had started a conversation thread saying, is, is this a scam? It seems too good to be true. And I suspect that the word scam had maybe flagged it up to the artificial intelligence or however they do these things at Facebook. And when I asked for a human review, I just got a note back saying, oh, sorry, and it's fine. And they, they started it all over again. So I have actually had t about two to four days of interruption in all those numbers that I'm giving you. I've had about two to four days in the last month where I actually couldn't advertise because I was locked and I was going through that review process. Now, I, I have on my blog post at paulteague.com, and I've, I've linked to this in the, the accompanying blog post for this audio, 
I have explained how and why and given you all the details about why I got blocked by Facebook the first time round in a post called Facebook Judge, Jury and Executioner. That's well worth a read if you advertise on Facebook. But I did think twice during the ca this campaign, no, that's it. It was all very nice while it lasted, but it's game over because they blocked me again. Now, the problem is, is they never told me why they permanently blocked me last time. And so I really don't know what I'm supposed to have done because I really do follow the rules quite strictly because I know how these things work. But because I don't know what I did last time, <laughs> who knows what it was? It wasn't very serious, whatever it was. Um, I'm worried about doing it again. You know, so the whole experience has not been useful with Facebook, to be honest with you. So I run these adverts knowing that at any moment in time, they might just block my account again. So in March 2020, I, th I spent six thousand and sixty one pounds eighty four pence on Facebook ads and you can see the screenshot on the blog post uh, showing all the link clicks and the price per click and all that sort of thing and then I was pretty well getting um, on the adverts that I ran the advert that I ran uh, and, and it's the advert you can see the advert that I stuck with because I've spent five thousand odd pounds on it um, I was getting about I think an average of 15 pence or cents uh, per click it's 15 pence because uh, I pay in pounds so at that level I can still make profit on a 99 pence and cents book but I need to be having a good conversion rate when I do that i.e people who click if I'm if they're clicking at 15 pence I need a lot of people to be buying my book and that's what we call conversion how many people click then buy and my conversion on this offer is really really good and that goes back to price, it goes back to graphics, it goes back to all sorts of things as well. So here are my, my 10 notes and observations about how I did my Facebook ads. So the first thing is, and listeners to my podcast will know this, I've already told you this, that I only target my adverts at women. I get a much better response from women. And if you read this accompanying blog post, I've done a screenshot of just some of the comments I've had on my adverts. I have never in my entire time on Facebook had an experience like I've had with these adverts. So if you think that I'm selling you something on Facebook, I'm selling you something. Um, and Facebook is a social media outlet, so it should normally be social. If you have a look at the comments, I've just had hundreds of likes and comments of people saying, these look great, or I'm reading these, I'm really enjoying them, just positive comment after positive comment after positive comment. And I've got four to five ads running. So I've got um, one ad, I've got three ads running in the UK and two running in the USA, all of which are converting. And on each ad, it creates a sort of Facebook post, if you want. And each ad has about at least 100 comments on it of people just constantly saying, this looks great, recommending it to their friends, uh, saying, I'm reading this, I'm really enjoying it. And a tiny, just a, a handful, maybe four, five, no more than that, um, not even negative comments. I think there was one comment that said, Oh, I've started reading these. I'm finding it a bit slow. I think that was one of them. And then um, there was a silly, something was just a bit silly. Uh, somebody had put, um, one of the books is called Don't Tell Meg. And I think somebody called Meg had come on and said, oh, what? Don't tell me what? You know, just a bit of silliness. So really nothing negative that particularly bothered me. Um, and I get that from targeting women. I have not targeted men at all in these adverts. I, I've had an amazing response from this. I can't tell you how amazing, you know, I'm just amazed at the social response. Please do look at the little extract I've posted on the page. I have never in my whole life, I've been doing Facebook since, when have I been doing Facebook? 
years, a, a decade, I think. It's a long, long time I've been doing Facebook. Never have I ever had a response like I've had on these adverts. And remember, it's not even a funny post, you know, video of a cat playing a piano or something. I'm flogging you something and I'm getting positive comments on Facebook. So it's worked brilliantly. Now, initially, I told you that I, you've, you've got my kind of waltz at all expenditure at £6,000. There's a lot of mistakes in that £6,000. There's probably about five or £600 worth of mistakes. More than that, actually. It's maybe about £1,000 worth of mistakes when I was learning things with the Facebook ads in that expenditure, which is why I was saying I'd be really cruel with the results to try and give you the lowest profit number I can possibly give you to be as realistic as possible as I can. But you know, I think my profit will probably be around five, five and a half thousand pounds at the end of the day. But I'm telling you it's four thousand and something. Um, you know, I, I just want to set your expectations. As, I, I want to cut the BS and set the expectations as reasonably as I possibly can in giving you these numbers. Um, so um, I initially targeted UK, US, Germany, Canada, and Australia. But I actually read, I listened to the Six Figures Author podcast. I get lovely value out. It's a brilliant podcast. If you haven't listened to it, make sure you do. But they mentioned that a book that I'd read originally called Help My Facebook Ads Suck uh, had been re-released. So I, I bought the second version of Help My Facebook Ads Suck. I read that while I was running my ads. And they said, don't bother sending Amazon ads to Germany, Canada, or Australia. Just go UK and US. So I switched off those ads and had... I probably made some sales, but I'd largely wasted some money, I think, um, advertising in those countries. So that's a recommended book, um, volume two or version two, edition two, it's probably called, of Help My Facebook Ads Suck. Now, the other thing I did, another book, and I've put the links to these books, by the way, on the notes for this audio. Um, I, I can't really get excited about burrowing into the numbers too much. And so I'd read a, a book called Ads for Authors by Chris Fox. And it's a book for authors who hate math, as the Americans call it, uh, or mathematics, as we call it in the US, in the UK. Um, I don't really fuss too much about the numbers. And I really like Chris Fox's simplified method, which is pretty well, how much have I spent? How much have I made? You know, what's my profit? And, and that's pretty well what I've been looking at in this month. You know, am I in profit? And I'm very, very clearly in profit. So, uh, again, you know, if you don't really like doing all the numbers, if you can't be bothered working out precise click rates of this, that and the other, then uh, do read that book because I, it just gave me more self-confidence in saying, uh, you know, I, I know I ought to be digging a bit more into the figures and the numbers uh, to work out conversion rates and all this sort of stuff. Uh, but actually, uh, you know, I haven't got time at the moment. I'm quite busy. Um and it's okay to just say, am I in profit? Am I making profit? Well, I'm very, very well in profit. Thank you very much. So thank you, Chris, for that book. And I recommend it to you if you just like to keep things simple. Now, because this these ads are making so much profit for me now, uh, the, I have actually switched them off on April the 1st just for a moment because I'm going to, after I've recorded this, while I'm editing it, I'm going to go back and I'm going to boost the audience and I'm going to look at the numbers and I'm going to see what I could learn from it. And then I'm going to get it rolling again um, with with larger budgets on it in April to see if we can re replicate this success at any kind of scale. So point four, I was just talking there about getting clamped by Facebook and, and how you always have to be aware that when you're advertising on a third party platform, they could just turn you off if they want to. And, you know, so you're only as good as Amazon, you're only as good as, as Facebook. And it does make you quite vulnerable, to be honest with you, because if, you know, presumably if Amazon said, oh, we think you earn that 
£10,000, you're a scammer. We're not going to pay you your money. I don't know. There's not much I can do about it, is there? But appeal. And if Facebook suddenly say, sorry, mate, we think you're a scammer. Uh, you know, we're, we're clamping your account. Then, then I'm not going to make the money. I'm not going to make the money because I'm a fabulous author. I have to market. I have to send adverts to my books. And so they just switch off the tap. They turn off the tap if uh, Facebook decide they don't like me. So I am. I know that in doing this promotion, I'm extremely vulnerable to third parties. And I do want to flag that up, you know, because they either of them could turn the tap off at any moment. And I am very aware of this. I used to work in internet marketing. I knew people who had, um, we used to do big launches in internet marketing. Actually, this is like an internet marketing launch where you just keep making money and the sales just keep coming in constantly, constantly, constantly. I think when I did my biggest internet marketing launch, which was a higher price item, I think it was a, it was a six-figure launch, uh, gross, always gross, the, the, the actual figures that you keep are always lower. I do want to set your expectations right with this, but it was a gross six-figure launch that I did um, over a period of a month, actually. And I think we made eight and a half thousand sales over that month uh, to generate six figures. Now here I've made over 15,000 sales uh, to generate these kinds of numbers. So this is the closest thing I've ever done as an author to an internet marketing launch where literally you are refreshing your income your royalties estimator, and every time you refresh it, you've sold some books. And sometimes it jumps up by 10 or 20 pound in between refreshes. I've, so I've, I've never done anything like that as an author before. Now, point number five, when we're talking about Facebook, is my heart has just like had palpitations when I look at how much money I'm spending on Facebook. You know, I'm running up expenditure of 550 quid. I'm settling that on my credit card, and then it's running up to another 500 quid. Oh, wow. You know, I have run up some big numbers on my credit card. You could not do this in cash unless you were a successful author anyway. You know, please make sure you've got your ducks in a row with your credit cards. I don't like using credit cards. I will only use a credit card when I know it's getting paid back really quickly. I don't like credit cards at all. So this is really challenging me. I'm, I'm looking at these numbers thinking, well, what if I spent a thousand pound in a day? What profit would that generate me? But these these numbers make, make me gasp with, with anxiety, even though I know I'm making profit i'm gasping so i am i am moving those numbers up bit by bit and in some days i've spent you know 500 pounds in a day oh my goodness on on facebook ads i've never spent this much on facebook ads but all the time the data is showing me that i'm putting you know maybe 500 in i'm getting 800 out it's a money machine and you couldn't not do it now i've got to pace myself because i have to look at the credit limits i've got on my cards and for instance, I'm not going to, the problem with this, and I remember Adam Croft talking about this when he did his successful launch. Adam Croft said he he maxed out all his credit cards and then he was begging people to let them use his their credit cards and showing them, I've got this income coming in, but it's not coming in for to my bank for another couple of months. You know, So I can't settle the credit card off for a couple of months, but I know I've made the money. And that's the situation I'm finding myself in almost, I mean, it's in a much smaller way than Adam Croft's success. But the, the amounts of money I'm spending are, are just, sending me into fits of anxiety. I just don't spend money like this normally. I'm a frugal kind of guy. I don't like putting it on a credit card, but I know that money's coming in. That money's coming in in two months time, way more than it's gonna to need to, to, to settle off the credit card. So I keep telling myself, you know, don't be stupid, Paul. You need to keep ramping this up and keep these sales coming in. But I'm telling you, I've got huge resistance to the amounts of money involved here. Uh, I really have, uh, which I know is daft. This is, this is why, incidentally, while I'm editing this, 
I'm going to go through the numbers with a fine tooth comb to make sure that it's safe to spend high amounts on the ads, to make sure that my expenditure is safe and I'm going to be safely in profit because then I am going to start pushing those amounts more and more and more. <laughs> it just makes me nervous thinking about it. Okay, so um, most people will tell you, and it, actually I think they tell you this in Help My Facebook Ads Suck, most people will say don't use book covers in your Facebook ads, but I would have to say, absolutely, that's fine. I'm happy to learn from people who are much better than I am and, and doing much better things than I am. But I would have to say, I can't imagine this offer working without the book cover. If you have a look at the, the blog post for this audio, I think you've got to see those books and go, wow, you know, that's good value. And, and you'll see that I've been very clear about the price in the adverts too. So really the message is, you know, pile of books, 99 pence or cents. That's it, get the offer. I haven't beaten around the bush, 12 books, 99 pence or cents, and then the covers. I think if you did anything else but that great big box set, I think it would be crazy personally. So I, I understand that when you're doing um, sales that are harder to make, maybe on a single book, that that's the right strategy. But I would not test this with anything else but a 12 pack of the books. Because I want people to look at that. Um, and I'm obviously I'm targeting people who like that kind of book, who like the kind of author that I am. So they should be looking at that saying, wow, those are my kind of books. That's a great price, get it. And I know from my numbers that that's what's happening. So, you know, I know it's contrary to advice, but it's working for me. I've had just incredible amazing, uh, incredible engagement on these Facebook ads. You know, I did mention this before, but on the blog post, I have put uh, just an example, just a small example. And this is, I just chose this at random. It's had 178 likes. Remember, I'm selling you something here. This isn't a funny cat doing something daft. This is a sales post. 178 likes, 114 comments, 101 shares. That's incredible over 31 days. And I've had the same results over the five posts that make up the separate ads uh, in this campaign. So, you know, just to give you um, a flavor, and I've, I've blanked out the names of people here for privacy reasons, but you can see, you know, this is not doctored in any way. Uh, these are the sorts of comments. And I get this from having uh, women as my target on this page. Women are just great on social media. Now, I might be cutting off my nose to spite my face, but I don't want all the hassle from the blokes, and I'm selling enough books from the ladies at the moment, so I just prefer the way they are on Facebook. Um, so I've got one here, and they're so social. They're just, women are brilliantly social on social media. You know, and I know there's always exceptions to the rule, but I'm just saying that in terms of my ad spend, I'm getting a nicer experience just targeting uh, women. So here's a comment, you know, on, on the second book, worth the money. Another person says, loved Don't Tell Meg and now enjoying the Morecambe Bay trilogy. Excellent reads. You know, this is the best kind of feedback. People who are coming onto the post, which is a sales post, and saying, I like the books. That's great social feedback. Um, where else are we? Let's have a look. Uh, Bought are really enjoying your writing style. Got me reading again. That's a lovely thing to hear. I'm on the last book of the Don't Tell Meg trilogy and loving it. Back to it now. Just popped over to Facebook and saw this. Best 99p I've spent for ages. Do worry a bit about the authors getting paid when they are cheap and free books. Though I actually replied to that post and explained how, how I get paid and why I could afford to, to do the posters cheaply. Um, let's have a look. What else? Great value for money. I'm reading the third book of the Meg trilogy and it is brilliant. If the rest of the books are as good, it would have been a good choice to buy. You know, that is just 
incredible I've, I've never had anything like it in my life on social media or in any of my books and you know I'm flogging them something and they're commenting like that and that's just comment after comment after comment of positive reviews and everybody who subsequently sees my ad sees all that wonderful social proof I mean, you really can't beat it in ad terms Number eight, um, if I did get a, a negative comment or a comment, frankly, that was just, I know, you know, sending out negative energy and that negative energy, um, if I had, you know, negative energy and it's not, and they're not horrible comments at all. It's just people saying something like, wish I could buy this, um, you know, in paperback. And, and usually what I've done is I've, I've got back to people and said, oh, by the way, you know, the Walker Bay trilogy is available as a paperback. So is the Don't Tell Meg trilogy and, and many of the books are, but you know, they're not at that price for obvious reasons. So I have replied to those people, but it's like, you know, it's like a broken record. It's like, yeah, okay, we've got the point now. You can't, you know, it's an Amazon offer. We've got the point. Um, I, I don't want, if you come into my house, don't tread your dirty shoes over my carpet. Okay, that, that that's basically it. So if you come into my Facebook post, I don't want your negative comments all over a post that I'm paying for. So I've hidden uh, comments that, you know, they're not trolling. I haven't had any trolling comments at all. But if they're not completely kind of positive vibes or constructive vibes, I've hidden them. I'm paying for that post, so I'm, I'm going to do that. Because it's a sales post. You know, I don't want somebody to well, I haven't I haven't had this, but I've, I think the worst I've had in all of those comments is, I don't know about you, but I'm finding these, this a bit boring or something, or it's a bit slow, something like that. Um, it, well, that's not a trolley post. It's a perfectly reasonable post for someone to make. Um, you know, it's not a hurtful, spiteful post in any way. It does make me wonder why somebody would go on a Facebook post where everybody's saying how much they like it, and then they'd say that. It does make me wonder how people think, but it's not an unreasonable thing to say, is what I'm saying, and it certainly wasn't trolley. But I don't want, you know, people treading their dirty feet all over my carpet, basically. So I have hidden comments like that. And that is a tip that I got from Mark Dawson in his training, where he said, you know, if I get negative comments, I'm paying for this, I switch them off. Um, but, but uh, people have behaved beautifully on there. So uh, point number eight here is, you know, hide the negative comments. But to be honest with you, when I target women, I, I don't get them. It's great. Point number nine is I had a lot of queries from people. So I'd love to get these. Um, but I read on Kobo or I don't have a Kindle. And again, if you look at the blog post, I've actually put my video on the page. In the end, I call this the FAQ of your business. Whenever you have a business, you generally get people asking you the same old questions. And when I get asked the same old question time and time again, I usually make a video or a how-to guide so that rather than repeat myself a million times, I just say, there you go, just read that or watch that video and that's how you do it. And I did that here because I was getting a lot of people who wanted to buy the books, but they didn't have a Kindle. So basically I, I, I've done a, a short video. You can watch it if you want to as well and just explaining how you can get the free kindle app you can put it on your laptop your, your tablet your phone whatever you want to do and then you could read the book still you know if you don't have a, a kindle and so i wherever somebody said can i read this somewhere else i just shared the video it just saved me repeating myself a million times uh, but that's a little bit of a tip if you do a, um, a promo like this it's quite a handy thing to do to have that how-to guide because clearly i want to convert as many of those people saying can i get these in another format i want to convert as many people as i possibly can but I have explained to people why they're not available on Kobo. You know, I've said this is an Amazon exclusive offer. The only way I can offer the books at 99 pence and cents is, is on Amazon. I couldn't make you know any kind of income from it otherwise. And that's why they've got to be exclusive. So I haven't just ignored those comments. I have done my customer service and, and replied to people where they've put queries. So the, the final point in this sort of subsection for Facebook 
is I just wanted to tell you about some specific tweaks I made on the adverts themselves, which you might like to know about. And again, you know, I learned my Facebook stuff from Mark Dawson, and I've learned it from Help My Facebook Ads Suck. That's where I get my Facebook ads knowledge from. So my knowledge is a combination of both those sources. So I just wanted to let you know that I select manual placements um, and only display um, my ads in the main Facebook feed. Now, manual placements was a trick that I learned from the second edition of Help My Facebook Ads Suck. So I think I had them on impressions by default, but they told you to, to I'm pretty sure I'm getting this right. Um, so blame me if it's wrong. Um, I selected manual placements for the adverts rather than impressions. And something that I prefer to do, um, but I, I'm sure I picked this up from Mark Dawson, I might be wrong again, blame me if it's wrong, uh, because Moo's got it wrong. I display my adverts in the main Facebook feed. I don't have them in Instagram and all that nonsense. I just put them in. I, I just want to see them in the feed uh, because my view is that that's where everybody sees everything in the feed. Um, and I don't even put them on the right hand side. I just put them in the main Facebook feed. Um, so in optimization of delivery, I changed the setting to CPC rather than impressions. And I usually use when I when you have the little call to action button, I usually prefer to use learn more because I feel that if you have a, a buying action like buy now, I don't think they use buy now, but whatever words uh, uh, Facebook use, then I, I generally, because it's a social media outlet, you generally don't want to have a, a buying action because people don't come on social media to buy. I've always felt that learn more worked better for me because it suggested there was something interesting, more information, and then you could take them to the sales page. So, um, but reading the questions that I got from people in, in the Facebook comments for the adverts, some people were saying, well, how do we get the books? And I looked at the ad, I thought, hmm, yeah, maybe that's not clear. If you're not too hot at the internet, maybe that's not clear. So I changed the button from learn more to get offer and to be honest with you I think that goes well with the post because quite clear this is a box set for 99 pence you know do you want it or don't you that's that's it isn't it really and um, so I changed it to get offer and that's been working extremely well for but I wouldn't normally do that on a higher ticket sale and then the other thing is and I, I did allude to this a little bit earlier I'm too cautious and law-abiding to use Amazon affiliate links in my Facebook ads. You know, I'm aware that with 15 over 15,000 sales, I ought to have been using Amazon affiliate links. I'm just, I'm too nervous about it. I don't want Amazon clamping me. I don't want Facebook clamping me. You know, it's, I've had too recent, my experience, my bad experience with Facebook is too recent. I am playing it by the book with this, even though I understand I'm probably losing, uh, leaving money on the table. But also, I would be able to track better if I use those Amazon affiliate links. But I, you know, I'm really, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't want to tempt fate with this. I'm absolutely sticking to the rules. So those are my kind of ten Facebook. That's a subsection about Facebook there. Um, you know about how I did it on Facebook. Everything that I can think of that I did and tweaked to make my adverts work and convert. Uh, incidentally on the blog post that accompanies this audio, you could also see the advert as well. Uh, you can see exactly what I did in the advert. Okay, so that's going back to this. Uh, we, that was a subsection on Facebook. So we're back to point eight now. And in point eight, don't rely on Amazon ads and BookBub ads, but apply for a BookBub featured deal. In February, I tried BookBub ads, I tried Amazon ads, and they just weren't working for me. I just can't make those ads work for me. Um, 
you know, BookBub ads, I find they just burn my budget off. I don't really see the results for it. Amazon ads, if I do have one that works, it's usually on automatic targeting. Um, but I might be in profit with it, but it just won't do it at enough scale. It doesn't show the ad enough times. So I, I really am still struggling with with BookBub and, and Amazon ads. And I have recommended on the blog post the two books that I've read, which are excellent, uh, absolutely excellent. You know, I have worked through those books, BookBub Ads Expert, David Gochran, and Marketing uh, Mastering Amazon Ads by Brian Meeks. You know, I've read the books, I've read the texts. I just really struggle to make those channels work for me. Um, but I did and would, will continue to apply for BookBub featured deals while I'm doing these promos. And I have told you earlier in this recording about how I will mitigate that so I don't cut off my nose to spite my face on sales. And um, so I would run a BookBub ad deal and I will keep applying for those BookBub ads. And if I get a BookBub promo, a featured deal, um, while I'm doing this promotion, I will simply price up the 12 pack box set and stop promoting it on Facebook. I will replace it with a 10-pack box set, which has now you see her in it, and it removes the trilogy that BookBub is promoting, and I will try and replicate the same success with that box set, and then I would leave that on until I've kind of you know seen the tail from the BookBub uh, promo, which is usually two to three months, and then I would put the 12-pack box set back on again. That would be my strategy with that. But I, I would still, I'm, you know, I'm still applying for featured deals. So featured deals work for me really, really well, but they only work on a trilogy incidentally where I price book one free and then book two is in a series and a trilogy is either $1.99 or $2.99 and book two is either $2.99 or $3.99. So you get a progression through the prices, but because I write trilogies and they all have cliffhanger endings, you know, I know that you're not supposed to have cliffhanger endings, but I don't mind because it sells me books and I've never had complaints about it. Um, I get read through because I write like that. And that's how I make my money on BookBub promo. So I like fe featured deals. I, I can't make um, BookBub ads or Amazon ads work for me in any kind of a big way, in a tiny way I can, but not in a big way. Point nine here is um, celebrate the headline numbers, but learn from the real numbers. You've got to avoid vanity in this process. So I know from my internet marketing days that if I were being all salesy with you, if I, if I was selling you a course as a result of this audio, if I had an upsell, and there is absolutely no upsell, I'm just sharing this uh, to share information that might be useful with you. If I had an upsell, I'd be telling you about the biggest figure. So I wouldn't have used the smallest figure that I made um, or potentially made uh, on Amazon. I'd be using that 10,800 pound figure and saying, I'll show you how you can earn five figures in a month and I earned 10,899, I, I always use the big figures. And what I wouldn't tell you is I wouldn't say, ah, but although 10,000 is the exciting figure, that isn't what goes into my pocket. Well, it will go into my pocket, but 6,000 pounds of that is gonna have to go on Facebook ads. So you always want to look at the gross, get excited about the gross, which is the the amount of money you earn in a month. So for me, it's 10,188 pounds and 57 pence. That's exciting, okay? I'm very excited by that, but that isn't the real number that I need to look at. The real number is 10,188 pounds and 57 pence minus 6,061 pounds 84 pence, which is what I've got to pay my credit card off with for the ads, which gives me a profit of 4,126 pounds and 73 pence. So 
that that's the lowest profit I'm going to take from this. I actually think the numbers will probably be slightly higher when it all comes out of the wash. So I'm going to make at least 4,000 net, net, you know, net profit in, at the end of the month. So that's why I say, you know, celebrate those headline numbers. 10,000 in a month, that's amazing. But always learn from the real numbers. The real numbers are where the truth lies and that tells you what your profit is. Now, if I take those lowest gross earnings, so 10,188 minus 6,061 pounds gives me 4,126 profit. Uh, that means that my profit is 68%. My lowest amount of profit, I'm generating 68% profit. That will be higher because I've got page reads which will accrue over time. So at a minimum, I'm making 68% profit on every pound that I put there. So I'm making, for every pound I put in, I'm getting £1.68 back. If I take those highest earnings, 10819 remove the cost of the Facebook ads, that gives me profit in my pocket of £4,757.39. I will then get that 78% profit at that rate. So my profits are somewhere in between 68% and 78%. And at the highest level, I put one pound in for advertising and I'm handed one pound 78 back. So those you've always got to look at the reality. Now that profit level is fantastic. I mean, how, how, what, how low would that have to be go for you to say, I'm not doing this anymore? Because frankly, any profit is profit. It's money in your pocket. So how low would you go until you said, oh, I'm not going to bother with this anymore? You know, would it be 5%? Would it be 10% profit? 15, 20%? Where would you say, I'm not going to bother with this anymore? Because 68% profit and 78% profit is great. Now, remember, that profit level reflects all the failed adverts that I did in March that weren't working. Now, I've now got an advert that works. So I want to push that as close to 100% as I can get now, 100% profit, uh, if I can. So I want to move that as close to 100% profit. And at that point, you've got a money machine that doubles your money. I put a pound in, I get two pound back. Can you imagine that in a machine? Um, could, you know, you'd lose the shirt off your back if, if that was in an arcade. Um, roll up, roll up, put a pound in, get two pound back. You'd be rich in no time, wouldn't you? So that's what you're always trying to achieve with your adverts. You're trying to turn it into a money machine, but it is still a money machine if it makes five profit you're five percent up on the deal you know you put what a pound in what's five percent i've got to do maths now well why did i open my big mouth it's five pence isn't it i put a pound in i get one pound five back well who wouldn't do that it's profit um and that profit will accrue so you know that those are the precise numbers those are the precise percentages and remember those that 68 percent is the lowest profit i'm going to make i'm going to get page reads over time from those sales and those are going to improve my profit now if i would if i would only track this nonsense properly then i i would know i'd have a probably a better idea what those page reads are. i'm sure i'll be able to do some kind of statistics i'll i'll work this out in april and, and try and drill into those figures a bit more and get more intelligence about it because clearly it's well worth my while doing that now but the lowest profit I've made, even the worst figures I could possibly give you, um, you know, the most negative portrayal of what's just happened that I can give you, I'm 68% up on the deal. All right. So I've covered my costs and I've, I've still made 68% profit after I've covered my costs. So point 10, it's a long audio, this one, isn't it? But I hope it's useful for you. Point 10, carry on carrying on. What happens now? I'm recording this on the 1st of April. I had to wait to the 1st of April to get my whole, uh, you know, my whole figures bundled in so I could give you some f whole month figures. 
I've now got a money machine. I don't think it will last forever. Uh, you know, Amazon might clamp me. Uh, Facebook might clamp me. The effectiveness of the ads, people might become ad blind. So the ads might um, diminish over time. But at this moment in time, I've got a money machine. I put five pound in, I get nine pound back. I put 50 quid in, I get 90 pound back. Put 10,000 pound in, I get, uh, hang on, 100,000 pound, I get 18,000 back. Now, okay, it's that's what I mean by a money machine. It's just a ratio of money in to money back. Okay, so those are just rough figures there. Plus I get the page reads over time. Now, would I put 10,000 in, in the hope that I get, you know, I get 18,000 back? So hang on, 10,000, 10,000 quid would give 18,000. No, 1,800. 100,000 would give 18,000 back. Blimey. Good job this isn't a math show. Good job I'm not doing home education, isn't it, for, for all the kids who are at home at the time of recording this. Um, so, you know, it's it, that's what I mean by a money machine. Who would switch off a money machine? However much I'm nervous about my credit cards, you know, I hate, really uncomfortable putting all this money on my credit cards. All the time you've got a, a profitable money machine, you'd be crazy not to. So I'm just going to keep going on, going on. But before I do, it's the 1st of April, while I'm listening back to this and editing it, I'm going to go through the numbers. I'm going to look at the profit levels. I'm going to look at how much the, the high profit days with. I'm going to break it down day by day. I'm going to see how safe the profit is and how far I can push that to to make more money. See if I can see if I can squeeze a second five figure month out in April, which would be absolutely incredible. As I said early, earlier, I mean, I don't think I have no expectation that I would be able to continue this over a period of time, but I've only got to do another nine months like that and that's a six-figure author year and that's one of my highest aspirations as an author to hit a six-figure year so we've done a tenth of it and, and at this point what I want to find out is do you just rinse and repeat do you just carry on doing it will that keep the same money coming in I don't know but we've cracked the first nut we've now got to crack the next one I've got to work on the next one so again I'll be talking you through this in the podcast diary and letting you know how I'm getting on with it. But, you know, I, I expect the performance of those adverts to drop at some point. But at what point do I turn the ads off? You know, I said earlier, 5%, 10%, all the time you're making profit, this is good stuff. Okay, we're nearly there now. I just wanted to give two summaries. And summary one has a glass half empty view of the world. Summary two has a glass half full View of the world. So let's go to summary one first, the glass half empty. Okay. I'm celebrating the success. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. I do not want to throw a wet blanket over it. It's been brilliant. All right. But I do want to keep a level head. That's brilliant income. Those numbers are amazing. I'm feeling really proud of that achievement. I never thought I could do that. I just didn't think I could do that. But there are some buts with this. Remember, Facebook has tantrums. If they decide they don't like my ads again, without mercy they've done it before they'll shut me down and it's game over okay i need them more than they need me i'm dead without facebook letting me do ads okay i can't replicate this in any other way there's no advertising channel i've used that is capable of doing that i i love bookbub featured deals but they keep turning me down as they do everybody else i've been very lucky with them i've had a lot of them but i have to take my chances i have to get in the queue and they sometimes they let me go in sometimes they don't so I have to understand that this only lasts as long as Facebook doesn't switch me off. Now, I, again, I'm not breaking any rules, I, but I have been at their, uh, you know, at their mercy before, and they just switch me off. So this could end any day. There's no element of me is, you know, being glib about this, is gloating about this. 
I'm only as good as the Facebook ads. If they switch me off, I'm back where I started. Okay, this hasn't really gained me anything other than some short-term income. So we need to be really, you know, we need to be really clear about this. The other thing is, is that with that said, this hasn't sort of moved the needle for me as an author. So it's been a brilliant one-time experience. It's lovely to be number 15 in the Amazon charts, the whole UK Amazon charts. It's been great to get several bestseller tags on in different categories. But in terms of my overall author career, it doesn't really move the needle. Um, you know, when I was at number 15 in the Amazon UK charts, spending loads of money, throwing loads of money at adverts, I was surrounded by authors who were able to achieve that ranking. People like LJ Ross, for instance, who just gets that ranking um, by releasing her next book at a price that yields her 70% royalties, not the 35% paltry royalties that I get on a 99% sale. Okay, so, you know, I'm having to almost, almost sell the shirt off my back to generate numbers like that. I I mean, I've looked at the numbers I'm selling this month and I cannot believe how many books somebody like LJ Ross is selling. And I know Louise does use Facebook. She does promote her books. But um, I know also that she could release a book. Even when a book's on pre-release, it will go to the top of the charts. I can't even imagine how many books she's selling. It's absolutely incredible. And so I look at that thinking, you know, take a step back. Of course, I'm pleased with what I've done. But there is so much more room there. There's so much more headspace in there, um, you know, above my head, ceiling space, whatever you want to call it, uh, movement room, jumping room, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. There's so much more space there for me to manoeuvre. I'm nowhere near where I need to be. You know, there's so much growth that I can create. But I think the frustrating thing for me is, you know, what I really want to feel is that I've got a load of authors who love my books and are waiting for the next book to be released. And I have not achieved that to date. And I don't really feel like I've achieved it here. I feel like people have found my books. They've, they're enjoying them. They're buying them, fortunately. But I don't feel like I'm creating fans. And that's the elusive thing to me with this. And I would love to be able to get those results with a book that was giving me a single book or maybe a box set that was giving me 70% royalties rather than the 35% that I have to accept on a 99 cents or pence sale. So that's my, my glass half empty view of this. My glass half full is look at the money in my pocket. That's great for cash flow. Who would stick their nose up at a four and a half thousand pound month? And remember, I've had other earnings as well this month. That's just from that single box set. That's a great month for me. Um, and I have discovered this elusive Facebook money machine where I put so much money in, I get so much money back. That's absolutely fantastic. So I need to keep that up as long as I can. And, you know, even if I'm spending, if I'm if I'm spending 6,000, making 10 and pocketing four, that's a great salary. What's that as a salary? 4,000 uh, 4, a month, 4,000 times 12. If that was the, as a corporate salary, that's 48,000 pounds a year as a salary. Now, I can't remember what the average salary is. I think it's about 24,000, about half of that. The average UK um, salary income, I think is about 24,000 pounds a year. So that's that's a great thing to be able to do. I think it's a huge achievement to be able to do that from books that I wrote that I've already written using just existing assets. And some of those books, you know, are a couple of years old too. They're not brand new. So that needs celebrating. It's putting good money in my pocket. Also, with the glass half full, 
I've sold over 15,000 units. I'm going to get a lot of page reads over the next month or two as people work through that book. I mean, that book's well over 2,000 pages. So if you like the book and you continue reading, that's good to accrue a, a, a tailwind of page reads. And that's good to increase my sales. Now, the other day, I wanted to just have a look at the numbers and I switched the ad off. And it was amazing to me. I think over the course of the day, I made about 200 and something pounds with no ads. It just came in from impetus. Just uh, It was not even a full day. It was 250 quid, something like that, that came in, just turning everything off and having that tailwind. So you know, we have got impetus here. It's created a snowball effect. And the more books I sell, the more of a snowball effect it will create. So I think you know there are two paydays with an offer like this. There's the payday that I get when I make a sale. And that covers my advertising costs. But then there's the payments that I'm going to accrue over time. Um, you know, as I as I more readers work their way through the book in Kindle Unlimited and I start to generate, I mean, you know, 1.8 million page reads. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Now, at the time of recording this, I don't think I had a look at how many page reads you need to get to get an Amazon bonus. I don't think I stand a chance of getting an Amazon bonus. And this really just shows me how well the most popular authors are doing because if you think that's me that's me revving the engine so fast that it's about to explode um you know i'm I, it's i don't know all the phrases for engines but you know i'm over revving the engine it's howling away there it's about to explode that's what i'm doing trying to just get the results that i've got and some authors there have just rolled up and they've done amazing things and they're doing this day in doubt i can't believe the number of sales that you must be making to be at the top of those charts because i can't believe the number of sales i've made as a small fry so you know <laughs> that that's that's the way it is there's there's plenty more to do but i'm really pleased with those results and uh, you know feel proud and i'm quite happy to take a moment to to feel proud about that before we move on and say, how can I keep this up? You know, how can I build on this? How can I get another month or two out of this? So I really hope that that breakdown has been useful. I would highly recommend, don't just listen to the audio. It's really much better listened to while you're looking at the blog post because I've shared a lot of screenshots there. So I think it helps to have the screenshots of the illustrations. And that can be found at paulteague.com forward slash March 2020. That's it. I will have another podcast diary for you next week. That will be on Saturday, the 11th of April. And in that episode, I will be reviewing my quarter two goals for 2020. Until then, thanks for listening and bye-bye for now.